You're listening to The Life of Try. It's triathlon for your ears. Kevin, we are we're gonna go third time lucky here from the Brad Bevan Studios. This is the life of Troy. Uh, the technical gremlins are out on mass today. Kevin, how are you, sir? I am good. Yeah, the, the, um, I'm hoping the gremlins aren't from us here in Canada, but yeah, I fear it's uh, everyone down in Australia is celebrating that big win on Saturday in Ibiza. So um everyone's uh taken up all the bandwidth that must be what's going on right it's got to be something like that now kevin before we get into that i know you're a massive royal fan you would have been glued to your uh to your chair watching uh king charles take his rightful place no doubt oh so you know i i am quite sure my mother was uh my mother is a staunch royal uh always been a big fan i remember growing up always having to watch the queen's message on christmas day and uh or was it new year's day anyway around that time always having to watch the queen's message yeah i am uh i miss that uh super fan uh gene i guess or thing so nope i wasn't watching any of it (laughs) no i filed that under crap i could care less about and uh that's where it sits at the moment if you're a monarchist we want to say hey we hope you had a great weekend, but uh, for us down here, we're a Commonwealth country, both uh, and yourself as well, Kevin. Uh, it's not that big a deal. No, no, it's um, there are a lot of people who feel the hundred million pounds that uh, went into the coronation might have been better spent. And you know what's nuts is that you know, the the royals were sort of saying, "Yeah, we're toning everything down this year." Um, so there, there were no new, there was nothing new bought in the way of no new scepters or no new crowns or, and I'm like, okay, that's toning things down. I know uh, they dialed it back, dude. They dialed it. Uh, I heard somewhere, read somewhere that they dialed it back, and it just looked from the short clips that I saw because uh, you couldn't escape it. Like it was everywhere. Um, it just, oh, it's mental. It's just, I mean, I know it's a king thing. Like, we just don't get it down here because we have a massive chip on our shoulder, a lot of us, about the royals. Um, the only people who like royals are the over 150-year-olds. Um, <laughs> but if you're under, you know, if you were born anywhere from 1900 and on, it's annoying. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, I managed to, I, I watched lots of, I watched lots of coverage this weekend, but it was, uh, it was triathlon oriented. Boy, what a, well, we, like a nutty weekend. Well, let's let's kick it off because there is a absolute boatload to get through. No one in the world picked Max Newman. If you are walking around now, if you're walking around going, oh, yeah, I picked him, you're dreaming. You didn't. Um, none of us did. And Kevin, you know what this does for me? A, he's an Australian and his approach is just get it done. I love the guy's approach. He's, you know, someone who's well and truly wired into the simple things. Um, But what I loved about it, Kevin, is it did show that Norway is not the center of the triathlon universe. I loved it. Now, if you're Norwegian and you've just spat up your smoked eel listening to this, I apologize. But... (laughs) Um, and hey, can I can I sort of point you to a story that was written by 
someone on triathlon on the triathlon magazine site on um, Friday uh, afternoon. Three man race question mark is the is the um, the header for this section of the story. Hardly. All the hype around the big three names in the field will no doubt fire up the likes of Magnus Ditleff and Newman. I'd mentioned Max's first name earlier as they hit the start line in the morning. So, yeah, some of us were kind of saying like, this is like, but did how you see it as the win or did you see it as a bold effort? And then, you know, we'd see the usual sort of, you know, Norwegian takeover. I guess what I, I, the, the whole premise of the story was how often do these big showdowns that we all um, that we're all kind of anticipating end up coming to fruition. There's so much mm. hype about it all week long, or in, in this case, months into it, um, that by the time you get to the race, very rarely does do it. Do you have it now? The one time that did all come to fruition, 2018, down in South Africa, 70.3 worlds. Um, and you had Ferdano, Javier Gomez, and um, Alistair Brownlee. Um, and those guys ripped each other apart to the point that Ferdano, like he got on the plane to fly home the next day and kind of went, yeah, I think I've demoed my hip and ended up not being able to race in Kona. Mm. Right. Like he got a stress fracture. So yep. um, so there was one time. Then, of course, you have the Iron War. I promise I'm not going to say anything more than that. But, you know, <laughs> that, that that like, well, no, because it's just been done to death. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that was that was that monstrous showdown. All of the times like it never you never had an Aaron Baker, um, uh, Paul Anubi Fraser, like epic battle like one either stomped on the other right like they were never super close um so yeah you know this this at least everyone finished like no one no one ended up not finishing all those big three that we were looking for uh what did they go two second fourth and sixth i think mm. um so you know they were in the race but it so uh, yeah, and I think what happens is you get you know people like Max Newman really fired up and 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 what has he got to lose right like he's not supposed to win this race so he can get in there and just hammer away. So yeah, and it's um, but it's it's nice to know that we haven't become we haven't succumbed completely to a um you know to a dynasty or a dynasty as you lot say you know it's not um things like that those sorts of performances you want to happen in sport you don't want um you know constantly being just reinforced that there is um you know the ruling click in that sport and he's a little bit of an outlier and i know he's had top five in kona i get all that like but he is a bit of an outlier in terms of what we were talking about now again as we said you've mentioned him which you know that's just that's just typical uh, K. McKinnon thoroughness there, but a lot. No, no one's picking him though. No one's going. You know what? This guy's going to clean up. Yeah, he's going to be thereabouts, and he's going to race okay, and all that kind of stuff. But I dare say, any you know, nobody was really um, hot on him to to get the win. So, um, I think from his point of view, obviously, he's now become like you know, legit anywhere he goes. Not that he wasn't. I get it, but he's now you know now he's done that in front of all those people. 
um, in front of guys who really wanted that victory because it came with a fairly sizable pay packet. And not only that, it comes with a you know, boatload of points, et cetera. And, you know, it's a, it really, um, I love the whole process, Kevin. I love the whole, you know, build up and all that kind of stuff. Once again, I, I lament the fact that here we are again, you know, this should be a, a, a every month occurrence. We'll park that for the moment. Um, but uh, it was also usurped, and we'll get to this, I guess, later on. It was also usurped by the 27 other events that were held this weekend, which, again, is out of the the, the book of triathlon is stupid. Um, and, you know, really, it was an awesome event, but there was a lot going on, as this podcast will confirm. Yes, abs- absolutely. So, um, and uh, one other thing that I would like to just sort of bring up is, yeah, and you talked about dynasty, dynasty, however we're pronouncing that today. Are we in Australia or Canada? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so you know what? What it got me thinking about when when I saw Blumenfeld come second here. Um, I immediately thought of uh, the the record. So a few years back, I remember um, Tiger Woods talking about, you know, trying to meet or catch up to Jack Nicklaus in terms of majors. Um, and he said, yeah, even if I did, like I would never be in the same ballpark. The guy has the record for runner-up finishes. Um, yeah. Right. So he, 19 times he finished second at a major. Right. Um, and so this is I, I think we have to remember that, you know, as things get more competitive, um, these guys aren't always going to win these these big players that we have because there are so many other good folks around there. But the mm. people who can be in the mix and competitive all the time. Um, that says a lot. And that does say a lot for Blumenfeld, right? Like he, he certainly, um, you know, given another kilometer, I'm pretty sure he would have won that race. Uh, you know, he just, he timed his charge a little bit late. Um, but, you know, pretty amazing performance to at least have got himself uh, into the picture for the win. And, uh, you know, hats off to Max Newman. I'm not sure yeah. what I said in that one, but hopefully it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, and it's um as I keep we keep saying is that it is you know, Blumenfeld is going to have his day. Um, the quote that I saw on another news site for triathlon was that he was fucking annoyed. Um, you know, so no doubt he's got the and that was the direct quote. Please don't ring my mum and tell her I'm swearing. Um, but it is um, he's annoyed. He hasn't got a PTO title. He's not in that. Um, he's not in the in in that shelf yet and i say yet because it's probably a matter of time um to be fair he does own a few other titles that are (laughs) pretty decent too but kevin this is what this 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 is just what we've been yakking on about for 62 episodes on this podcast right build it and they will come put good athletes in and it will happen you know build the 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 mechanism for it but it doesn't work when you've got 27 other races going we'll come to that though the women's event Kevin, uh, anytime uh, Charles Barclay races, you want to be watching. Yes, um, bring some excitement to the mix. And um, 
So my prediction, uh, my you know Friday story was you know tr- you know picking basically I was there were three avenues to winning the race, right? So there's the Lucy Charles Barkley hammer away at the like and lead from start to finish, mm-hmm. um, and there was the Daniela Reef dominate on the bike, come off with a monstrous um, lead off the bike, and then hang on like run well enough to hold off the super runners. And then there was um, uh, door number three, which is the Annie Haug um, and uh, and um, Ashley Gentle approach of stay close enough and then use your incredible run. Uh, Tamara Jewett would be part of that. Uh, Paula Finley we would be part of the Daniela Reef uh, winning strategy yep. um, as well. So there were three different approaches to that. Um, uh, and obviously door number three was the, the one that worked. Um, and if, so when I saw Annie Haug and at Ironman 70.3 Lanzarote this year, um, I just like, I was blown away. She is the fittest I have ever seen her look. Um, and so I was not even remotely surprised, uh, to see her do what she did. Um, I just... You know, I and I know she knows what she's doing, and she's got an amazing coach who knows what he's doing. Um, it just seems really early to be this fit uh, when you've got, you know, obviously Kona is the big goal in in October. Um, so it just seems like a long time to maintain that sort of fitness and stretch. So, uh, but right now, whew, she's the woman to beat out there. Man, how's the run too? I mean, she was minutes quicker, a 102 that she's run and she's, you know, just minutes quicker than, than everyone. I mean, Ash Gentle has done an amazing job as well. Almost had the Aussie, uh, Aussie double. Yeah. Correct. The double. Um, and she's, she just, that distance just, it speaks to her. She just gets it, um, and can race really well. So when you look at that performance and the fact that she's really been strong in that distance, um, she's always going to be a challenger. Um, and you, 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 like you have to pull out a one Oh two run to, to finish it. Do you know, like you've got to run literally out of your mind to get there. And the gaps out of the water too, were quite, um, quite large, weren't they? Like they were giving up a couple of minutes due to the, um, you know, the speed of Charles Barkley. Oh, Lucy, Charles Barkley, um, you know, frighteningly fast in the water, right? And yeah. just and just sets the stage. It's it's changing changing the whole dynamic, right? Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, very cool to to see. Um, and as you say, it's just always exciting when she's in the race because she just gets everyone rolling. And uh, um, but uh, the thing for me that people like everyone gets hyped up about, Oh, what an amazing run. Anyhow, the thing is she's pretty strong on the bike too. Right. So yeah, yeah. she, um, so, you know, people aren't riding away from her. She's staying in that mix. And, uh, uh Ashley gentle had a, a pretty phenomenal bike ride as well. Um, and Tamara, Tam, Tamara Jewett, um, trying to get into that same sort of mode as, as those guys. Um, yeah, she just, she's got to get better on the bike um, to get closer because uh, anyhow, it's just frighteningly fast. 
Yeah, and that will also, um, you know, like everybody fine tunes and and gets better. So you'd imagine that this is just the start. And again, we're, um, you know, we're we're in for some good racing across the the PTO um, range. Uh, as we get that, I think that's going to be awesome. So there's going to be some good stuff to to come to that. What I got annoyed with too, I mean annoyed much lately, but I I read somewhere where someone was saying, oh, you know, there's only X amount of pros being invited. It's like people still don't get it. They still don't get it. I might play off a handicap of 25, so it doesn't mean I'm get an invitation to the you know 20 PGA tours. People got to get through their mind now that. Pros just don't get to pick and choose and turn up at races. You just don't get that anymore, you know. And with the PTO's ATP model, et cetera, that they're sort of launched, that doesn't exist anymore, Kevin. You don't just turn up. You get invited to these events. You get uh, you know, a pass into these events. So, yeah. And I don't want to watch 50 pros getting around where 20 are shunting around. Oh, no, no disrespect, but, I'm, you know, I don't want to see that. I want to see, you know, 30 – tuned athletes men women going and not looping and and lapping race people and that kind of thing you want to see that group you want the elite group going all the time um and i think people need to just make their peace with the fact that this is the new world order that pto is bringing in and it cannot be yeah i'm a good pro i can do an 820 ironman and that's i'm an awesome pro well no you're not 740 750 so you're not that level so you're not going to get that opportunity, you know, and maybe if you train harder or maybe if you enter some races and you get a bigger resume that allows you the on the entree to this. But um, I think it works well. I think the PTO formula on this one works. I think they've got their, their shit wide with the distance. I think they've got their, um, their self wide with making sure the right pros turn up. But Kevin, talk to me about about the coverage, my friend, because well, just, just just before I do that, um, I I do want to say I I'm with you on that. Like, yes, let's get the smaller fields. The other thing, lap bring in a lap rule. If you're lapped, you're out. And I know yeah. that there's a lot of pros who are dead set against that. You know, yes, I can get lapped, but I can still get 13th, or I can still get 15th, or whatever. Yeah, sorry, like it's just. Um, this is, this is TV, this is entertainment. And if you're getting lapped, that means you're not in this race. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, bring in the lap rule. And, and so that forces the pros to make the decision. Yeah. If I'm going to, if I know that I'm, if, if I don't, if I'm not sure that I can be up in that mix and be on the same lap as Annie Haug, then I'm not going to go. I'm going to go find another race to try and make some money at. Works for me. Um, so yes, coverage, um, uh, and you're, you're reacting to me sending you a message. Um, the message <laughs> I sent to you is I was losing my mind at one point, the graphic, um, for the PTO coverage had the, uh, and I noticed, just noticed cause it, you know, they put Paula Finley up and she was riding at, uh, 26 K an hour was her average pace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's not even close. And so somebody else finally noticed that. Um, and, and then, uh, obviously they took it down and then it came back up. Um, and she was riding 67 K an hour. Um, and I was just yeah. like, this would never happen. Like NASCAR, uh, you know, the, the Indy 500, they would never 
have a graphic up that that a car was averaging 30 miles an hour <laughs> and then 450 miles an hour, right? Yeah. Like somebody would lose their job for that. This is supposed to be better. And and I, you know, you know me, normally it's you haranguing about the coverage and, and me trying to say, hey, you know, all this stuff, but it has to be better. I spent the weekend watching all of this. And if the goal is to get non-triathlon fans to watch all of this stuff, um, it needs to be uh, much better and more entertaining and all of that stuff. And it needs to be accurate all the way through. Mm. Um, and there also needs to be much more coverage of the people coming up and all of that stuff. So um, uh, the next day, um, the uh, or the next day later on in the day, for the 70.3 North American Championship, um, there was like zero coverage of the other athletes in the race, or when there was, it wasn't the big movers. Um, so got to do a better job of, of getting around through all of that. Yeah, um, and, and tell you what else, triathletes, ex-triathlete pros are good for color and color only. That's it. There is one function. There is just no one who's got uh, hosting chops. I think they just need to, you know what? You're an ex-pro, awesome. Just do some color, man. Just do some color. Yep. Absolutely. Don't hold uh, the coverage up. <laughs> yep. So this is, this is uh, I the, the host thing just needs, there needs to be somebody who's a strong character in doing this hosting who is ready to just stop people talking. Like we, we don't need to hear uh, crazy anecdotes from way back when that, that you know, if we want to do that, uh, we can do that in the life of try podcast because the older <laughs> we get, the better we were. Right. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and, be, and people can be bored about all of that stuff then, but in this live coverage, it needs to be exciting. So you need to have that strong host, who is ready to just say, Hey, no, we're not going to talk about that right now. Let's get back on to this race and what's going on. And, and, and just be bang on with the stats like these. And if the app, if the hosts and the color commentaries folks don't have the stats, make sure there's a team behind them. That's just feeding them yeah. um, all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, and, and so go and hang out in a, uh, NFL or, you know, find some, somebody who's done the NASCAR productions, done NFL productions, done all of these things at the highest level. And that's what we need. If we're going to make this entertainment, I'm still not sure that this is entertainment. Um, but if that is the goal, then that's where we need to go. Exactly. Well, you've got to walk the land. You've got to pro it up. You've got to make it pro. You've got to get it to the point. And then you've got to, um, you've got to make sure too, that like you said, you know, that there's someone in the ear of these guys. So when I did, uh, I did a lot of time in commercial radio, um, and the great, uh, Joey, who was, uh, whose voice you'll hear on our intro and outro, one of the greatest producers. And he was furious in his attempt to fill you with information. So as you were speaking up on the screen in your ear, all those things, Joey was researching like a champion. The guy was the best of the best. Um, and, you know, doing some really good work and he would keep you informed and he'd tell you to shut up and he'd tell you to move on, you know, and you just follow the direction because the guy knew what he was doing. 
So, you know, I don't know if that's going on. I'm not 100% sure. I can't speak to the production of that. But if there's no one in the ear who knows the sport, hey, dude, get off this story. Hey, this is coming up. Hey, this is a really good fact. Hey, this is what's coming up next. Hey, cut that short. And the great Ed White said to me as well, and Australian people will know who I'm talking about, when he said, when you feel like you're waffling, shut up, man. (laughs) Just stop, man. Just stop. There does not, and this is, so, you know, I I was not obviously at the PTO thing on the weekend, and uh, so normally that's, I have been at that on site as the um, lead announcer on site, and uh, the person who was doing that job reached out to me for tips, um, and... uh, Oh, Jesus, really? (laughs) Fuck that, um, I mean, come on, man, if you want the job, get the job, like, what are you asking for tips for? So, but one of the things I said was like, don't feel like you need to talk all the time. Yeah. Right. And, and this is, this is something that uh, I think gets, gets missed uh, so often. Uh, Like there's just this, people feel like they need to fill in all the dead time. That's when you're a race announcer, that's what the music's for. That's when you have a, a great DJ or you've done a great playlist and you can just, let stuff die for a little bit because when you're waffling all the time, people start shutting you out, right? They stop listening to what you're saying. When you come on and you say something that makes that, that, that is poignant and to, and hits a point, um, and then you shut up, people yeah. are listening to that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Um, we, uh, definitely, need need to do better and um yeah hopefully that will all start happening but uh the pto uh the pto coverage i for me i was just most upset with to see some of the some of the gaffes that just it just doesn't make sense and then just not getting the stuff around and and the pto there they are cutting back right so um that's very obviously the prize money is less there um there's you know trying to uh, fit into a budget a little better. Fantastic. But there are just some basic things that need to be covered and taken care of. Yeah. And let, let me tell you, Kevin, as you know, there'd be plenty of people floating around who you can install in that, in that position. But I think we've, uh, I think we've ridden that horse into the ground. Um, as, uh, Ibiza was going on, Ibiza, um, Ibiza, so too was uh, the 70.3 North American Championships. Yes. And I'll be buggered if, <laughs> what the hell? I know we've gone through this, but, you know, imagine the, um, that race, it'd be that with Lionel Sanders, with Sam Long floating around in that pack as well. I mean, really? Are we, you know, like we're just diluting, we're shooting, triathlon's shooting itself in the butt once again by scheduling these races all in the same time. But anyway, uh, yeah, Sam Long, but, apparently. But here's the thing. The, um, the, you're starting, well, so we're, we're going back to the cherry, uh, cherry picking days. And I am not trying to say, please, everyone don't start emailing me that I'm accusing Sam Long and Lionel Sanders of cherry picking and all that stuff. Um, but what they're sitting down and doing is looking and going, uh, the the course in St. George is perfect for us. That's the exact kind of course that we excel on. Um, and there's very little chance that we're going to be 
uh, super competitive uh, in Ibiza um, because of, you know, just the fact that they're, they're struggling. They're going to come out of the water a little ways back. Now, you know, Sam Long was the second at the PTO US Open. Um, he, he has done well in this format and Lionel Sanders um, has done well in those kind of things, but they're sitting there going, yeah, this is not psych, especially with Jan Frodeno in that race. He's going to make sure the swim goes out super fast. Alistair Brownlee, same deal. Um, so they're, they're sitting down and looking at, okay, yeah, North American Championship makes a lot more sense which is exactly what the PTO is trying to avoid in the future. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we are, we're just back to that same old game, right? Where we're splitting up the fields. But um, so like you tell me though, Kevin, if, if they'd been successful, the PTO in buying Ironman, all right, if that transaction had been, and they'd acquired them, which they tried to a couple of years ago, would this have happened? Yeah, well, it, it, the no way in hell would this have happened. You, there's no way if the PTO had bought Ironman and had this sort of scheduling stuff up. There's just no chance. And we have the you know Ironman Australia as well. Not that you know that I'm just there's just like four thousand races going on over a weekend. Again, twenty seven different world title belts running around and a whole bunch of different things going on, and it's just it just it. It, it's if you explained it to somebody as a concept and as a business concept, they'd laugh in your face and leave. Yeah. So the reason I was just struggling with that one was I, I don't know how seriously the PTO could have been about that, right? Like Iron Man wanted a billion dollars um, for that sale. And I don't know that the investors behind the PTO were ready to to sort of jump in and then okay so yes they say hey let's do that so then what does the business plan do like do you take the iron man events and make that so then is is the 70.3 american championship is that the big pto event for the weekend right so but you definitely are right that they don't have the competing thing they're definitely looking at trying to get the best pros racing against each other at, at all of these different things. Um, and so then what happens if the BTO owns Ironman, there are 10 big prize money events through the year and everything else is either sort of qualifiers or age group events. Um, and they're trying to get the pros to, eight of the 70.3s and two Ironmans in a year, the two world championships, maybe that, that kind of idea. Um, but that's a, that's a dream that's never going to happen. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know why I'm trying to throw out that scenario. Uh, but yeah, this it's just crazy that you've got two of the bigger names, certainly in North America, uh, Sam Long and, and Lionel Sanders um, uh, competing at this event uh, when, everyone else and their mother's uncle is in Ibiza. So exactly. And if you don't, um, and if you don't give them an option, then if they want to race, they're going to be there. Do you know, like it's, you know, the Indy 500 is the only big um, race of its kind in that area for that weekend. If you don't want to be there, then you don't race. Oh, yeah. 
Like it's, anyway, it's yeah. I know it's never going to happen. There's, it's too much money and too much, they're too far down the road, and no one's buying anybody. But in theory, in theory, if the PTO had done that, then there's no way they would have allowed that. But we kind of got a bit off there, uh, Kevin. Sam Long, we just you know moonwalked his way around the course. Yeah, what a great just the thing is. You don't want, or basically, it was just a great day for Sam Long, right? Like he, he, um, I guess his original race plan had been to try and be really patient on the bike. He comes out, he realizes, he, I think he was only a one forty down, had thirty or forty seconds on Lionel Sanders, and kind of went, huh? Maybe if I'm not so patient on the bike, if I make my move now and and get things rolling, I can I can control and dominate this race. So fantastic strategy um, and just excellent uh, performance in terms of uh, putting together the strategy and making it stick and going through it all. Um, you know, Lionel Sanders, solid day, I guess. Um, you know, he is coming off of, you know, he looked amazing in Clash Miami um, and then crashed and, you know, sort of had to recover from that and then got sick and all of this stuff. So, um, so, and, you know, out there putting it all in there. Um, so fantastic, uh, performance, uh, from Sam Long, solid day for, uh, for Lionel Sanders and great that he, um, you know, fourth means what fourth means is that it's just, it uh, makes the performances of the other three who finished ahead of him, uh, Sam Long, Trevor Foley, and Jackson Laundry. It just legitimizes their performances as as being awesome. So, uh, yeah. pretty cool on that front. Uh, Trevor Foley, holy jumping! What a breakthrough day for him. Mm. Uh, two weeks ago, he did sixteenth uh, or something, and uh, or I'm not sure where. What is finish? Uh, but he was at Ironman Texas anyway. Mm. Um, so whew, don't know how he comes back uh, two weeks later for that amazing day, but more power to him. That's pretty awesome. And uh, Jackson Laundry third there. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all for him. Um, and then the women's side of the house. Am I going to mess up this name? Jenny? Jenny Messler? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not too hard to, uh, and I'm trying to remember what Jeannie was before she was Metzler. Um, but yeah, South Africa, what a great day. The yeah. the one thing that was bizarre on the coverage, um, and I, like, you could see her riding in the left side of the lane forever mm -hmm. and a day. Um, and so, you know, video evidence of blocking <laughs> was right there and not a, not an official in sight, like really bizarre, um, on that front. Um, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, I'm glad in the end that nothing came out of that because she was obviously the top athlete out on the, out on the course that day. So, um, yeah. Whew. And another, uh, impressive runner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing because as I read, you know, through what happened over the, you know, also in Ibiza too, we should mention the fact that um, there was the, um, 
uh, was the World Long Course Championships? World Triathlon Long Distance World Championships. How's Fuck that me. for Like, seriously, point. man. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what's happening? Like, what, 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 what? Yeah. So in the same weekend, you've got the PTO European yeah. Open. You've yeah. got, and in the same venue the next day, the Long Distance World Championships. Um yeah, and then across the pond you've got um uh you've got uh seventy point three North American championships and we haven't even got to you know can you remember the days when Ironman Australia was one of the biggest races? Yes, I wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. get there, but let's yeah. So Marjolaine Pierre and Clement Mignon take the wins in Ibiza. I, I'm just gonna run with this quickly. Yeah. Um so exciting. So Marshall M. Pierre, I saw her at the, I saw, I kept seeing her at events all the time last year and she wasn't racing. It was because she was with um, her uh, partner, uh, Clement Mignon. And uh, so finally in St. George last year at the 70.3 Worlds, I, I pulled her aside and I said, Marjolaine, like, what gives? I keep seeing you at races. You look super fit, but you're not racing. And uh, she says, oh, I've just been having all kinds of stress fractures. I had no idea that she had four stress fractures last year. Like, she just could not buy a break. Um, she raced, uh, I think it was the um, Challenge Championship in Samarin. And uh, I was announcing at that one and sort of managed to get her way through it. But, um, you know, was just dealing with, uh, with these injuries. So she's obviously got that figured out and what a race, like just dominated, mm. uh, you know, got to the front uh, on the bike and there was no time. And if you've ever seen her run, she is a, a rocket, um, just flies through the run. Um, everyone, <laughs> whenever I'm working with a, a female announcer and watching her run, they all, all comment on how she doesn't tire hair when she runs, like it just flows behind her and, I guess for women, that's a big deal. It just looks cool <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Kat Matthews, uh, you know, coming off a huge win at Texas. She ends up dropping out, um, I think, at the end of the bike ride um, or partway through the bike ride. Ruth Assel was in second coming off the bike. She drops out because she's getting over a calf injury. So, um, you know, there was no one close to Marjolaine Lampierre uh, out on that run course, and she ends up winning um, over over Sarah Svensk. Um, and then uh, the men's race, uh, you know, Clement Mignon uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a crash as he came into uh, into T two. Uh, supposedly, was running around the first lap, looking dazed, was the way the World Triathlon folks described it. Uh, but got his acts, uh, act together and uh, ran his way to the world title. So he had uh, he had top 10 finishes. I think he was ninth in Kona and then 10th uh, three weeks later in St. George at the 70.3 Worlds. Um, and uh, yeah, so not shouldn't be a huge surprise, but just a great performance there. Hmm. And you did mention Ironman Australia, and I can, I'm old enough to remember when... Um... Ironman Australia was in Foster 
and what a time that was. And then it moved into Port Macquarie um, because the Foster people were pretty pretty down on the whole triathlon thing. They weren't they weren't the friendliest of people. Um, Port Mackians, fantastic people, uh, really good place up there. There's the organising committee up there, the local organising committee, and the locals up there are are tremendous people. Um, it just and I'm not I'm and I'm certainly not dissing the three guys who who got up and won. So Steve McKenna takes the win over Tim Van and uh, Sam Apo. You know, three really good Aussie boys, um, very talented athletes. All have had high days in there, you know, and, and big days in their, in their resumes, probably Steve McKenna's that one who's still emerging. Um, Kylie Simpson wins Rada Carterfelt, uh, Radka, sorry, Radka Carterfelt comes in, in second. Uh, and then Fiona Murray comes in third, but it just seemed an add on. It seemed a bit of a tack on those three boys. I will say McKenna, Burkle and Appleton all came within a minute and a half of each other, maybe two minutes of each other yeah. total. So, hard racing and they would and I know those boys you know Burks and and Appleton would have been going flat out they would have been <laughs> they would have been punching the living suitcase out of each other around that course right because they all want to take the win and they're all good good races so not doing that but I can just remember Kevin when there was big fields at Ironman Oz I can remember you know Peter the likes of Peter Reed down there and you know we've had um the German boys came down to to race and we've had you know, Macca running there, racing there and the start of, you know, Macca v. Walton back in 2003. And, you know, there was just been a whole range of really big names to to come down. You know, a lot of Canadian women, the Bowdens and uh, the world raced yeah, down Laurie there. Bowden and, yeah, Laurie Bentley. Bowden, uh, Lisa Bentley won a ton of times. Well, here's, yeah. so here you go. Um, 91, Pauli Kiru, uh, 92 Kiru, 93 Kiru, 94 Kiru. Uh, Holger Lawrence, Jürgen Zach wins in 96. Peter Reed wins 97, 98, 99. Norman Stadler wins 2000, 2001. Uh, Chris McCormick, 2002 through 2006. Um, yep. You know, Lisa, Laurie Bowden wins this race three years in a row from 99 through 2001. Uh, Lisa Bentley, 2002 through 2006. Uh, Chrissy Wellington Chrissy won this Wellington, race in yep. 2008, 2009. Um, uh, who else do I have in here um, in my in my list? Um, yeah. So, but then you know, as more Ironmans appear, um, it becomes less and less of a of a big deal. And now, you know, the the North or the Asia Pac Championships are in Cairns, Cairns. However, I'm yep, supposed to pronounce Cairns, that yeah. one. Um, so it's even diluted within Australia. It's not yeah. one of the be- biggest things. But yeah, just it really hit home uh, this weekend that, you know, this event, as it used to be a monstrous deal um, yep. and uh, has just really dropped out, out, of, the, out of the picture um, in so many ways. And, and that just got so amplified. Uh, when you were looking at it compared to uh, the big events that were going on. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard because it is like, you know, for a lot of us who uh, cut our teeth in those in Northern New South Wales races and, you know, either as spec, I mean, I went up there, you know, spectating and then racing and then all that kind of thing. It was, um, yeah, it, it really is a, um, a shame to sort of see it diluted so much. And as you said, you know, within a couple of months, 
Kansas on and, and that's that really seems to have taken and that's it look Kansas is an amazing place weird as hell but an amazing place um, I believe you're heading up there Kevin you will see the dreadlocked backpacker sitting out front of the Gucci store it's just a weird um, it's a weird juxtaposition of life in Cairns um, shout out to all my friends in Cairns um, the local bikers though do do a really good barbecue halfway up the bike course I remember so get yourself a sausage and bread my friend um <laughs> I'll have to look forward to that it's awesome especially if, and it's too if it, weather gets shitty it's it's not a nice place to be I can remember Deli Carr the great photographer blowing up a MacBook and a lens in one weekend on in the rain much to the joy and delight of myself who was having a tech good weekend um <laughs> shout out to Deli nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> Do you know, he had this habit. We used to be in the similar um, hotel room together. Like we'd be a couple of doors down and he would have a habit of getting up early to shoot and making sure that as he went past, he would slam his fist against my door a few times on the way out. <laughs> uh, that is so deli and I can 100% see him doing that. That is <laughs> Do you know, and a funny story, <laughs> I don't think he'll mind me telling this one. Um, we were at Port Macquarie with um, a couple of the journos one year and, and we went to a really, really dodgy Chinese food um, restaurant and they must have loaded it <laughs> with heaps of MSG because Deli woke, like I, I met Deli in the lobby that morning at five o'clock to get, you know, our kit together and start to go out and shoot the event. And he was jumping through his skin and he's like, did you get some sleep? Did anyone get any sleep? I didn't get any sleep. They must have something in that food. Who got any sleep? I didn't get any sleep. Did you get some sleep? I got some sleep. And he was just, the poor man was wide out of his mind, just, just on something that was in that food, poor guy. Um, but no doubt as the true professional that he went on with, he would have slugged a couple of coffees and got moving. Oh, that's funny. So my uh, my Delhi car story was um, the finish line. So 2016, uh, the grand final, the World Triathlon grand final, um, and that was the famous uh, Alistair carrying Johnny Brownlee across the finish line. Yep. And uh, so we were both up in the photo, uh, you know, little stanchion thing or whatever behind the finish line. And this, it all starts to, like, we're all seeing this bedlam at the finish line. And Delhi had, um, you know, credentials that would get him everywhere. And uh, he said, are you getting this? This is unbelievable. And then he launches down and goes and stands on the, like, in the finishing chute. And um, I had the the worst position um, in the whole photo area. <laughs> Um, which ended up being perfect because um, I was the only person who got shots that Delhi hadn't photo bombed. <laughs> so <laughs> Delhi was in everyone else's shot because he was standing behind them as they came in, and I was in. I was. It was. I. You know. I think that was my first year of doing stuff, and uh, I was in such a terrible spot that I managed to get shots without Delhi in. So my my photos ended up being not bad that day. <laughs> The great Deli Car, you can get him at the Photo Ninja on Instagram if you don't know who he is. Get in. He's one of the premier uh, photographers yep. worldwide. He's the master. Any sport, Kevin. Um, I think we've covered a f we've 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 done our own sort of mini Ironman for this podcast today. A lot to get through on this. Um, nice to see Race Ranger being used too. I think in Ibiza, uh, they got that working, which is if you don't know what that is, that is where they use the electronic. Um, tags on the bikes to make sure that there's no drafting 
Uh, that's a good innovation too. Big shout out to the Race Ranger guys doing some good work. Yes. Hey, that, thank you for, for remembering that. Uh, although I'm surprised uh, that you would say that because there's a couple of uh, Kiwis uh, who've developed it all and once again proving that um, they're way ahead of you Aussies in terms of tech. Do, and, do you know, um, the Race Ranger head office where they made it, they've actually, the electricity was provided by Australian rats running around and powering the wheels. So, you know, that's what happened there. Now, if you ever to share that before we get, before we move on, uh, is if you saw Steve McKenna's um, robot dance that he did when he came over the line, he put something out on social media where a famous soccer player, and I don't know much about football or soccer, the world game, um, but yeah, apparently there's a soccer player who does it. If you get a chance, watch him coming across the line. Now, I will say to him, Steve, you're a wonderful human and a great uh, athlete. But dude, <laughs> wow, just a statement, just a statement. More, more power, more power to you for getting, uh, for getting involved in that. And congratulations on the victory. <laughs> Whew. That's a trip around the world, Kevin. It sure was. Uh, yes, and a monster weekend of of uh racing and uh now we sort of take a little breath for a while and hopefully uh, i haven't even checked out the fields in cairns i'm i'm hoping that uh we'll have a a decent race down there well if nothing else there'll be um when they used to, when they first started racing in cairns um they play they they started at a place called yorkie's knob and the locals were flabbergasted that they'd run a swim there because of all the all the crocodiles because that's the joke they go is there any sharks in there and the locals go nah mate all the crocodiles ate the sharks you know like that's the sort of setup you got there so kevin if you survive cans more power to you it is a it is a really i mean you know palm cove and cans and that beautiful heritage road and stuff it is amazing to be up there and i think i covered that race probably seven or eight times when it was a challenge event originally um, before the Ironman guys took it over. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But my friend, thank you once again for your work. We are the life of Tri. If you want to read anything about Triathlon, you go and get yourself to Triathlon Magazine Canada, which is the home of Kevin McKinnon and uh, updated regularly. Well worth your time to scroll of a morning to, uh, you know, maybe grab your coffee and then scroll through and see some of Kevin's work. Kevin, thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much, Phil. And um, next time we chat, I will likely be in Lanzarote off to uh, off to announce there for the Ironman. So. Another tough day for Kevin, traveling the world, you know, <laughs> looking all refreshed, suntan and interesting. Will I go into an Australian cold winter? Kevin, oh, we'll chat. To- give me a break. <laughs> it's right. You never chat to a Canadian about winter. I forgot that golden rule. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Phil. Great job. See you in a week's time. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.